and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm senior editor of Wildcat Authority, Jason Shear. Normally my wife, Shelby, is joining me on the broadcast, but she's currently in Vegas with our daughter, up to no good, I assume. Who knows what they're doing? Probably sleeping already, but who knows? But uh, they missed in another uh, another interesting game from Arizona as the Wildcats win 92-68 to over the Washington Huskies. And it's almost as if at this point, Arizona is um, spotting teams a certain amount of points and saying, okay, now we're going to play. Because otherwise, if we play you straight up, uh, we'll beat you by 40. So what they did, naturally, I assume this is the natural strategy, is they spotted Washington a 25-11 to lead. And when I say Washington, I mean Terrell Brown Jr., who looked like Michael Jordan uh, for the first you know 10 minutes of the game or whatever it was. And uh, spot him a 25 to 11 lead, then realized that they were bigger, faster, more athletic, and better, and uh, turned that around. And in a half in which Arizona was down 25 to 11, uh, they went into halftime up 45 to 36, and then outscored the Huskies 47 to 32. And it was one of those games that is a typical, we're going to do what we do, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, type of game. You know, Washington, uh, like I mentioned, came out blazing. Um, it wasn't just Terrell Brown Jr. Uh, you know, other guys were stepping at, but, um, you know, kind of starting with Terrell Brown Jr., uh, 29 points of the game, 9 of 20 shooting, 11 of 14 uh, from the line. And you say, you know, he played absolutely fantastic. Well, in the first half, he had 24 points on 8 of 12 shooting and 8 of 11 from the free throw line. In the second half, he had five points, one of eight shooting, and made three free throws. Um, he, it was just a, he was a, a non-factor due in large part to Arizona's defensive strategy. Pella Larson, Dalen Terry, Justin Kyer all got turns guarding him. I thought Pella Larson played a fantastic um, defensive game in this one. Uh, it was really all over the place and, and kind of gave Terrell Brown Jr. Um, some fits overall uh, with his size. But, you know, it, it, it's... It became kind of a deal where, as well as Terrell Brown was playing in the first half, you kind of knew, it's like, look, he's not going to score 80 points, right? And so other guys are going to have to step up, do play him straight up, whatever it may be. Well, uh, Cole Bahame, or Bahame, sorry, <laughs> uh, finished with two points on one of eight shooting. Um, you know, Jamal Bay, two for nine shooting eight points. P.J. Fuller, who started uh, for an injured Dejon Davis, had more turnovers with four than points with three. Uh, Nate Roberts was solid, but, um, you know, he's only going to play so many minutes. Emmett Matthews uh, hits the three early. You're like, oh, here we go. And then he finishes uh, three for nine, right? That second half, they shot 28% from the field. They were two of 12 from three. And then in the first half, they were 45% from the field and were one of five for three. They're not a great three-point shooting team. Um, the, the key here was just that once Arizona kind of slowed down Terrell Brown, and figure out what Washington was doing because Washington was playing in aggressive zone. Um, and, and once, you know, Tommy Lloyd said, you know, eventually Arizona figured out you can't run your zone offense right at half court. You kind of got to get in there a little bit. Uh, there is really nothing that Washington could do about it. Arizona finished with 50 points in the paint. Uh, Julius Tubelis, uh, 21 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, no turnovers in 30 minutes. Um, you know, you can make a case that he's, he could win back-to-back conference players of the week. That's how good he's been uh, this week. He killed Washington State also 
Um, probably should add more points, kind of miss some easy ones early in the game. And then, of course, Ben Mathurin. He's probably going to be player of the week unless they fall for the Drew Peterson one game against UCLA. He didn't play very well um, against Pacific. Or they give it to Jordan Shepard on Cal, who uh, who had 33 against Oregon, but also didn't play well in that first game. So Ben Mathurin played well in both games, which in my opinion puts him in the lead, but uh, I'm pretty biased, but he finished with 25 points. Um, you know, Dale and Terry, 12 points, 5 of 5 shooting, 7 assists, a couple rebounds, only 2 turnovers. Um, yeah, Kirk Creaso was 2 for 9, all 3-point attempts, turned the ball over twice, but had 4 assists. And, you know, I've said this before, you know, Kirk Creaso, uh, I actually thought he played relatively well. He didn't shoot very good, obviously, and you'd like um, for his shot attempts to come from elsewhere, not necessarily all threes, you know, maybe six of the nine shots from behind the arc. But um, I think overall, when you're looking at Kirk Kreese and what he did, he played under control. I thought most of his shots, except for maybe one or two, were good attempts. And if they're taking good attempts and they don't go in, um, so be it, right? You can live with that. And uh, that's kind of what happened is you can kind of live with the fact that he took good shots, that he took his time, they were in rhythm, and they just didn't go in because those shots are more likely to go in than the ones where he's in transition pulling up, and it's just, you know, no one's there for the rebound. So you kind of live with it. I thought he ran the offense well, which is the reason why, um, believe it or not, he actually played the most minutes uh, in the game for Arizona with 32. Christian Coloco, 8.6 boards. I thought he struggled offensively, especially early on. He was shooting jumpers. He needs to realize, like, he dominated the Washington zone um, early in the game, or sorry, in, in the first meeting because there was just nothing Washington could do, and he's clearly the biggest guy in the court, and he was settling for jumpers instead of being patient and getting his post position. Um, his points pretty much came off of running the court. Uh, you know, he's got to be better offensively, but defensively, you know, he was fine. Um, but he can't be fouling out in 23 minutes against teams with no bigs because generally, um, you know, come tournament time, you may see teams try to go smaller and, and get him out of there and run up and down the floor. Uh, it hasn't really worked yet, but, you know, that's probably what you're going to see. Pella Larson, six points, 20 minutes, but again, defensive player. And then Umar, be doing Umar things, 10 points, five rebounds in 17 minutes. But really, it was kind of a, a three-man show and then some more balance. Uh, 25 for Ben, you know, 12, 21, you get, you know, that amount of points from three players and uh, on efficient shooting, and you're most likely going to win the game. Arizona shot um, 69% in the second half. Uh, calm down, perverts. Uh, and so five of the nine missed shots were threes. I mean, when, when and, and we said this before in the preview, I said, look, if, if Arizona controls their turnovers against Washington, Washington's going to lose by 30. Because Washington's whole offense is predicated on forcing the turnover and getting out in transition. And Washington had to run with Arizona whether it wanted to or not because that's kind of Washington's offense. Well, Arizona only turned the ball over nine times and Washington got 13 points off the turnovers. If Arizona is taking care of the ball against a team that's not all that great on defense, uh, this is what happens. Like Arizona shot 57% from the game, 69% in the second half. Um, you know, it got to the line and... I mean, only went 12 of 20 from the line, so the free throw woes continue. But um, when you're not turning the ball over on the road and you're as offensively gifted as Arizona is, chances are you're, you're going to win that game. And I think that's what we saw. And, um, you know, and the ball movement continues to just be insane uh, with what Arizona is doing uh, offensively when that ball is moving. It's just super impressive. Um, the backdoor cuts were killing Washington in the zone the high-low stuff, and, and there was really nothing 
that the Huskies could do. And I don't want to pretend like, you know, Washington's some great team. Um, it's just, it, it, you know, it is what it is. But as I wrote in the article, I think it, it says more than people think when you're able to go on the road for three games in a row and play all these games in a certain amount of days, five games in 10 days, whatever it is, and, and keep winning. Like you saw today, just in the Pac-12, like winning's hard. <laughs> like it's not an easy thing to do. Um, you know, like Gonzaga is super impressive with what they're doing. Winning is hard. So like you saw Oregon, you should have beat the crap out of Cal, get blown out at home against Cal. Um, I just don't think that's going to be an easy game for Arizona. I'm sure Dane Allman's going to run him ragged the next few days, but awful loss, right? You see USC in a game where Boogie Ellis does nothing and Isaiah Mobley isn't playing, and it's like, well, UCLA is going to run him off the court. UCLA plays like crap, loses to USC, um, you know, who statistically, Isaiah Mobley, if you look it up, he's literally one of the top 10 most viable players statistically to a team uh, in the country. Like, he might be the MVP of the Pac-12 Conference, probably Terrell Brown. I'm not saying best player. I'm saying most valuable to what that team wants to do. Um, and UCLA lost. Uh, you take a look at Washington State, who was so cool a week ago. We were all up on Washington State, myself included. Arizona dominates them, and then they go and they lose to ASU. And so Washington State goes from a team where you're wondering if they're on the bubble. Um, and, and I mentioned their schedule gets brutal also uh, to a team that's not going to make the tournament. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at USC being the second best team in the conference. But overall, what happened tonight is by Arizona continuing to win, they have a three-game lead in the loss column. Uh, it makes it very difficult for any other team to catch up. You basically would need a complete collapse from Arizona. Arizona has the Oregon schools coming up, and they close with the Bay Area schools at home. So even if they were to lose, you know, they're not going to get swept on the mountain trip. Um, I, I don't like calling it over, but it would be a, a monumental type of collapse um, if, uh, if Arizona even tied for the conference lead at this point. Um, there's been seven or eight teams that have won 17 games in conference, 17 and one. So Arizona now is, uh, is kind of on a historical path. Like you're wondering if they're going to reach that. Do I think Arizona is going to lose one? You know, yeah, probably. I think that game at USC is looking pretty tough based on the fact that they'll be on the road, mountain road trip, and then you're going to USC. That's asking a lot. But, you know, even if Arizona loses one more game this season, um, regular season, I, I think that we've seen how good this team could be. And the fact of the matter is when you look around college basketball, you're starting to see which teams can win the national title. Like you look at Kentucky, you're like, that team can win. Uh, you look at Auburn, okay, that, that team could probably win. Um, you look at a team like Purdue, you probably think they could win, uh, but their defense really um, is not very good. Like, their defense may not be good enough for them to win. Gonzaga, obviously. You could say that Arizona is one of those top four. Um, there are only two teams right now in the entire country in Ken Palm who have a top 10 offense and defense, and coincidentally, <laughs> they're, they're Gonzaga and Arizona. Gonzaga... Um, on Ken Palm is clearly the best team in the country. It's actually one of the bigger gaps that it's been uh, in quite a while. But Arizona now moves up to the ninth best offense and stays at the fifth best defense. Gonzaga has the second best offense and the seventh best defense. Uh, statistically, what you're looking at is that Arizona is favored to win every single game the rest of the season. 
and the worst odds is at USC with a 72%. So Ken Palm is projecting this team to be 28 and three and then 18 and two in uh, in the conference, which is is pretty it's pretty insane, right? And so you know you look at defense and all of a sudden Arizona is number one in two point uh, efficiency on defense. Um, you know their block percentage is 17th in the country. Uh, tempo, they're still seventh. It's actually lowered a little bit. Uh, the last few games, but possession length is still uh, fourth. So their tempo went down a little bit. But when you look at the teams that are above them in tempo, um, you don't really care because Charleston's one, Gonzaga's two, St. John's, Cornell, Bowling Green, and Long Island. So Arizona and Gonzaga are the only two good teams uh, with, with with top ten tempos. And the next one is Alabama at fifteen, um, and then it's a bunch of you know more bad teams. So. Uh, what we're seeing from Arizona needs to be appreciated. And I mentioned that, like, I, I thought it would get overlooked a little bit because of how Arizona's winning. They're beating the crap out of teams. And it is absolutely something. You know, I, I've seen people on other message boards say, you know, scoring margin isn't that big of a deal. It is a big deal. Historically, it's a big deal. If you beat the crap out of teams, you beat the crap out of teams. If you're winning close against teams that you shouldn't be winning close against, it's usually a sign. And so Arizona... Um, is beating teams handily. It's not easy from here on out. I'm sure you know they're going to kill Oregon State, but Oregon, I wouldn't be surprised. It gives them somewhat of a game. The mountain road trip poses some issues, and then you got USC. But you know, even if Arizona loses one, even shoot two games, which they're not. I don't think they're going to lose two. They still win the conference, and you're assuming that you know USC uh, wins out, which it's not going to do either. So overall, you know, again, I don't want to say. You know, it, Arizona won the conference tonight because I'm just, I don't want to jinx anything. I'm not a big jinxer, but um, you take a look at USC. They're going to Oregon. Then they have Arizona. Uh, and then they still have to play UCLA one more time. And then they um, they still have Washington State. They still have Oregon. Uh, sorry, I'm all screwed up. But they still, have, <laughs> they still have at Oregon. They still have Arizona. They still have UCLA. Um, and, you know, they still have Washington State, who I don't think is very good anymore, but um, you, you never know. So it, you, there's no way USC is going undefeated. This thing could be technically on paper one shoot by, you know, next week. But bigger picture, um, I think Arizona right now is locked into a one seed, even if it loses another game. I just don't see, you know, where the other teams kind of pass them. But maybe that's for a separate podcast. But, um, you know, my analysis could have been Arizona's good. Washington's bad, the end, which is what we did a little bit early in the season. But again, you know, Arizona now gets some time off. Super impressive week doing what they did uh, at the Washington schools, especially after what Washington did to ASU. So Washington beats ASU by 100, um, and then ASU beats Washington State. So that's that's college basketball for you. But with that being said, I'm sorry you had to listen to only my voice, <laughs> my, uh, my beautiful voice, but some of you are happy. I know, you know, if you're sexist, you're a little bit happy, but Shelby will be back for our podcast. We're going to do a football podcast early next week, but once again, thank you for joining me. My two dogs are sitting on the couch. Uh, they're out like a light and uh, yeah, appreciate you for joining me. Wildcatauthority.com is a place to be. Thanks for joining and listening to the Wildcat Scoop podcast.